Hello. Hello. Can uh, I'm gonna put it in the chat. Okay. Um yeah, Carl Chungi's just gonna put it in the chat. Um Indra, do do you wanna go and then we'll try to uh get Carl Chungi next? Sure. Hare Krishna. I have a question which I have written out. Um, maybe that's more helpful. Um, so I have a question related to the Sangha about safe space and inviting other people into it. So um, like with the milk Brahmana, will it affect the inner Sangha when an outsider comes and just sits and witnesses? Or could it possibly even harm the guest because it could be too intense? So I'm just asking this um, in regards to the up upcoming retreat. So I was thinking... I don't know, maybe sometimes my desire for outreach is like too pushy and I want to, you know, bring my mom and I want to bring my friends and I want to bring my husband. And um, so I was just wondering, like, um, yeah, what, what is what is your take on this? Because obviously when there is like an outsider, it also affects the whole mood, you know, uh -huh. within yeah, no. the setting. Yeah, yeah I think you can bring whomever you like and then... Um... You know, we'll try to uh, speak accordingly so that um, everyone uh, benefits. Um, it tends to broaden the talk in order to bring those people in a little bit. Um, and um, at the same time, when it goes them a little on the outside. Um, so too high for some, too low for others is, is a problem I am accustomed to. Uh, to dealing with and so um, I wouldn't uh, hesitate if I were you to invite others. If Poland is still there when I in July. Thank you. I hope so. Okay. Um okay so Carl Chunji, do you want to try speaking again and then um, yeah, we'll see if we can hear you. Oh, and Guru is frozen. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah, you're just frozen for a second. Um, okay. Let me try to unmute Kyle Chungi. Kyle Chungi, can you hear me? Yeah, I can't hear Kyle Chungi either. Um, it says that her, <clears throat> that her, uh, yeah, is, is muted. Yeah, um, I was trying to, to maybe she needs to unmute herself. Yeah, it's trying to unmute her or her. Um, yeah, I'll, we'll just try uh, the next question and I'll just connect with her via chat. Um, Sajan, do you want to go next? Yes, thank you, Didi. Nandavats Maharaj, um, uh, I've uh, concluded my, my study for the time being of the Charita, Shuchanya uh, Charita of Morari Gupta. And um, one of the things that I noted within it was that um, there's a Brahmin named Krishnadas who um, uh, takes. Uh, Mahaprabhu on tour of all of uh, the 12 forests of Vrindavan and the surrounding area and like that. And I was wondering 
I know it's not Krishna Das Kaviraj, I know that, but I was wondering if you knew like which Krishna Das was it, and is it the same one perhaps who wrote the song Jai Radhe Jai Krishna Jai Vrindavan, like that? Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I really doubt they're the, the same. And um, again, the different, uh, we talked about this last time, the different uh, uh, biographical texts uh, vary in their details. Uh, according to Chaitanya Charitamrita, it was not a Krishna Das who was accompanying Chaitanya Mahaprabhu oh. um, in Vrindavan, if I recall. Well, maybe it was. Uh, was there there was a call Krishna Das who accompanied him in South India. Hmm. Um, but I believe uh, there was a different person who accompanied him to to Vrindavan and through the Jari Kanda forest. But at any rate, um, those are some details that uh, let's say vary in different texts, as I recall, as far as the author of the song that you refer to. Um, I don't know which Krishna Das that is. There's quite a few. Okay, no, that's all right. Also, within the text, there is a passage where Murari Gupta uh, says that Advaita Charya composed a song uh, which was made up of uh, different names of Mahaprabhu in a similar way that uh, Mahaprabhu Shatnam. Uh, Stotra was um, composed by Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur. Do you happen to know where that might be fa uh, available? Because it's not in the Ch Chaitanya Charita um, of Murari Gupta, the, uh, the song of Advaita Charya. Um, no, I don't know any any other reference to that. I believe Sarvabhum about the charge of it has, has done that. Um, right. But uh, outside of Murari's text, I know of no other reference to that, and I've never seen it, and I no, no, don't know anyone who has, so. Okay. <laughs> I do it, too. Thank you anyway, okay. Maharaj. Thank you anyway. Howdy, Howdy, Okay, um, so Kala Chandji was able to send me her question, um, so I'm just gonna ask it for her. Um, so she said, today we'll, we will bathe the Lord's Jagannath Baladev and Subhadra. Um, this prep, this is the preparation for the Rath Yatra. It is, is it um, a cultural, is it culturally traditional for them to become sick and to be sequestered from the community? Well, I think that's a, a, a part of the Leela. Um, I think that during the bathing ceremony of Snan Yatra, it's thought that uh, Jagannath um, gets a cold. Maybe then Balabhadra and Subhadra catch it from him. Anyway, that that's that's the excuse for the isolation, um, if you will. Um, which I believe then. Um, uh, gives rise to, to suspicion on the part of Lakshmi. And, um, and um, 
what uh, her husband's really up to. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, typically then um, uh, the devotees will uh, isolate uh, Jagannath and uh, I think in Jagannath Puri he served like uh, uh, broths and fruit juices and things of that that nature, lots of liquids. Uh, and um, so I, I believe that, that that was also carried out in the West in Prabhupada's temples surrounding the Ratha Yatra. Um, so I'm not sure what your question is. Is it culturally appropriate? Um, yeah, it's, it's part of the Rathiatra Leela. So to observe that, um, I typically uh, from an external point of view, there's a time when Jagannath is renovated, the deities may be repainted, something like that um, externally, but internally, this is, this is the idea. I think that Jagannath is faking it though. Um, <laughs> and Lakshmi is just become suspicious. And so there's a, uh, her, she becomes upset in the context of that. And, and Mahaprabhu observed this, it's described in Chaitanya Charitamrita, this pastime as well, with much, uh, much delight. So, you have a nice Jagannath deity there that you uh, serve, right? Some, some yeah, yes, I do. Temple. You're, you're very blessed. Nice to see you again. Thank you, Guru Maharaj. I don't know if you can hear me. Jagannath Swami Ki Jai. Another question? Um, yeah, so Kadamba has a question that she sent to me. Um, and also everyone, this is the last question that I have. So if you have a question, just send me a message um, and you can ask it and I'll just get you in the queue. So I'm trying to scroll up. Okay, so her question is, um, she was wondering how to understand ontologically that Krishna never leaves Raj. Well, there are different ways to think about that. But um, I think that it's uh, fair to say that Krishna is more present in Vrindavan in his apparent absence than he is present in Dwarka, for example, where he's apparently present. And that's a core central uh, teaching of Gaudi Vaishnavism. In other words, he's in Dwarka, but he's less present there in his presence than he is present in his apparent absence in Vrindavan. And how, how to understand that statement, that idea? Well, the idea is that the love of the inhabitants of Vrindavan is uh, more intense and uh, intimate. And he, Krishna, corresponds with that love. So wherever there's love of Krishna, greater degree of love of Krishna, he's, then he, he's present there. 
in some some way in 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 in, in in the form of that love, really. Um, um, and we see that um, in the Dwarka Leela, for example, that at night, the queens observe and hear him calling out in his dreams the names of the inhabitants of Vrindavan, his mother, his friends, his, his lovers, and so forth. And they know that he's with us, but his heart is, 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 is there. Wherever your heart is, well, that's where you are, right? Regardless of where you may appear to be, we are where our heart is. So they have captured his heart in Vrindavan to a greater degree than any other devotees. So he's more present there in their love. That's one way to understand it. And also, um, when Krishna manifests his Mathura and his Dwarka Leela in the, the Prakat Leela, the manifest Leela on earth, then he appears to have left Vrindavan. That's true. But he manifests there as what appears to be what's called a spurti or a hallucination. Mm -hmm. um, in Sakurasa, those hallucinations are, are taken for real. Mm -hmm. In Vatsalya Rasa and Madhurya Rasa, they're questioned um, uh, in those bhavs, whether those hallucinations are actually real. Therefore, Krishna, for example, um, in order to assure Mother, Mother Yasoda that he was actually there when she had hallucinations of him, that he was present, uh, told through a message uh, what she was cooking and and uh, how he relished it and so forth. Um, and similarly, he sent messages to the gopis to uh, assure them that the sporties of him were actually him. He was actually present there um, by way of telling them details that only a person who was present would know. We didn't have to do that with his friends. The nature of the Sakharas is, is, is such full of confidence and so forth. So there's no doubt there um, about his uh, fidelity. Uh, you know, in Madhurya Rasa, there's a doubt. Does he really love me? And parents may doubt too. Um, because after all, children grow up, they have their own lives and so forth and so on. Um, so, but as a detail, but he's present in those sporties. Um, you could say that that he's those sporties are more him, for that matter, and and constitute his actual presence, ongoing, cont continued presence in Vrindavan. Then what's happening in Dwarka? That's that's a hallucination, and <laughs> in, 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 in that he's less there um, than he is in Vrindavan. He's less there too, and there are, there, there are aspects of him that aren't present, obviously. He doesn't have a peacock feather. He's not carrying a flute. So, you know, is it even him mm -hmm. in Dwarka? Mm -hmm. He gave his peacock feather. He gave his flute to uh, Subal and Stoke Krishna mm -hmm. uh, when he went on, mm -hmm. um, and some of his clothing also to them. 
told him to wear them and play his flute near the cows so that the cows would feel his, his continued presence. Um, so he, anyway, he leaves his flute there. He doesn't wear a peacock feather. He's wearing a, a more regal attire, crown and so on and so forth. In, um, in Dwarkin is Prince Delila. So Vrindavan Krishna is, is never there. He's never in Mathura. He's never in Dwarka. So where is he? he must be in Vrindavan. There's <laughs> no other place for him. But it's, an, it, it's a mystical type of presence that at the same time causes feelings of separation in the Prakat Leila, which by his, by his apparent you know, leaving there, which serves to accentuate, showcase, underscore the, the measure of the love um, in Vrindavan, right? Which is what the Bhagavatam and the Prakatlila is trying, trying to teach us. Um, ultimately, from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's point of view, that the Vrindavan Leela is, is, the, is the highest um, ideal. So, those are some thoughts uh, about Krishna's presence in Vrindavan. I mean, he's not different uh, from, from Vrindavan itself. Um, Govardhan Hill is non different from him. That we see, and so is the case with, it, with the entirety of the Dham. And um, that said, uh, we could also comment that the Prakat Leela is, is characterized by separation whereas the apricot is characterized by union. And the, if we look at the apricot lila as like a trailer of the movie of the apricot lila to attract us to going there and seeing the whole show, if you will, well, in the apricot lila, he, he doesn't leave Vrindavan. It's characterized by union. There's, there's, there is separation there, but for short periods of time, only not for the long period of time that we see apparently anyway in the Prakat Leela, but for many years he goes to Matura and Dwarka. That doesn't happen in the Aprakat Leela. So uh, with the Prakat Leela being a sample of the Aprakat Leela containing the same bhavas and in that sense being being one with the Aprakat Leela, it nonetheless emphasizes separation, which is the uh, Low, low tide, if you will, of the ocean of Prem, that we will, through which we will enter that ocean and experience the high tide of union. So the Prakat Leela is particularly geared uh, for sadhakas who take birth in the Prakat Leela, right? Having perfected the, themselves to that extent and, uh, and Krishna can't bear their separation, so he comes. Mm. Uh, but it, it, is, it is characterized in terms of difference from the Aprakat Lila by the separation, which again is, 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 is the means for, for attaining the, the, the medium through which we attain union. Separation makes the heart grow fonder. We see the, the, the Dandakaranya sages, uh, for example, to birth as, as, as gopis. But when it came, came time for the Rasa dance, in the Prakat Leela, as it unfolds and Krishna reaches adolescence, they couldn't go. They were checked. Mm -hmm. Later, we see 
that they they didn't die, but they died to whatever was remaining in them or lacking in them in terms of further developments of praying, like Sneha, Man, Pranay, Raghunarak, Mahabhav, uh, to uh, take part in the full face of the union. So that separation uh, was the means through which their praying intensified and then they were fully equipped like the Nityasiddhas uh, to uh, experience the, the, the union. I think it's later in the 42nd chapter that uh, it's apparent that, that those gopis who could not go that night who were checked by their husbands, that they didn't die. If they had died, that would have, would have been a catastrophe. The whole, the whole thing would have been a disaster. They died to um, I, I don't want to say they, they really died to anything that they needed to get rid of, but they died in, in, in a sense in the fire of separation in terms of attaining that further intensification that was required that they could only get and only acquire through the association of the Nitya Siddhas for all intents and purposes. And that's, that's the idea. Of, of, the, of the necessity, if you will, for taking birth in the Prakat Leela before entering the Aprakat Leela. So again, in Aprakat Leela, there is no such uh, separation. Krishna is always in Vrindavan. So there's only an appearance that he's not um, in Vrindavan. Uh, does that help? It's an interesting question. If you have any follow-up on that, I'll try to address it. Mm, who asked the question? A little bit. Um, so who asked the question was Kadamba, and she sent it via uh, Messenger, well, like on the chat. Um, oh, okay, so, so maybe she's not here personally. Um, I think well, she is here. I hope that but helps. Yeah, anyway, yeah, she'll send a message. Um, Saragrahi? Hare Krishna, Dandavas Guru Maharaj. Can you hear me? Can you hear yes, me? Yes, I can see you too. All right. Yes. Good uh, morning <laughs> or afternoon here. I have yes, one question morning, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fine, thank you. Good to see you. I have one question actually. It's always coming to me like at least three times in the year because three times in the year we're having uh, some festiv festivals coming which are about our like wonderful matages. Like it's going to be on, I think on Tuesday, it will be Janava Devi appearance day. And then another day is Sita Takurani of uh, Advaita and another in Vishnu Priya. So we have mostly these three. Uh, and it's always only appearance day. So I just kind of wondered if is that because we don't have any record of it or is it some theological way we should think or uh, about it or understand it? And it's also like kind of good that I'm uh, asking this question because today is International Mother's Day, so it will be <laughs> kind of connected. <laughs> so that's my question. Well, happy Mother's Day to everybody. Um, I think that um, there 
it's it's unlikely that the dates are unknown hmm? such prominent persons but um like their con their their um other half if you will advaita uh we don't celebrate their disappearance days hmm? and um um that's and, and neither of krishna so that that's typical i think it's 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 two things it's it's uh it's a difficult uh uh leela for the devotees to digest the passing in the, you know in the, in the leela itself uh it's thought that uh after chaitanya Mahaprabhu departed from the world uh the devotees were at a loss for quite some time hmm? uh even to come together hmm? and celebrate anything uh i think the keturi gram festival after you know quite quite some time um reinvigorated them and and uh, and they, they they collected themselves came together so it was, uh, devastating for them so it's not something that uh is is remembered celebrated like the appearance and so the same would hold true for their consorts right Mm-hmm. Um, now, but their appearance dates are listed in auspicious. I mean, there's also, you know, obviously the philosophical point disappearance here means appearance there, nobody disappears and so forth. But, but that's more Vedanta, <laughs> uh, which, you know, we're Vedantins, but we're Bhakti Vedantins. So, from the Bhakti point of view, then, um, we have cause for suffering and uh, despair, and we have attachments and all such things. Madhavendra Puri, upon passing, was was weeping and lamenting in Radhabhav. One of his disciples would have been influenced by the Advaita doctrine. Um, that it's possible that uh, Madhavendra Puri was also acquainted with and, and um, uh, separated himself from that in light of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teaching, the Vaishnava teaching. Um, as I've said before, there are a number of um, sannyasis in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mission who were, came from the Advaita lineage and probably through the Puri monastery where Bhakti is, is emphasized, and some of them were converts. The famous Sridhar Swami was once the head of the moth there, Shankar Moth in Jagannath Puri, but he obviously converted to Vaishnavism. Um, so anyway, Ramchandra Puri was a disciple of Madhavendra Puri who didn't you know, move in the bhakti direction. At the time of the passing, Madhavendra Puri was expressing lamentation. He told him, you know, you shouldn't lament. He was giving him this Vedanta, which was like very... Um, 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 dry 
And meanwhile, his guru was experiencing the feelings, right? Feelings are, there's no place for feelings in Advaita Vedanta. Yeah, so, but in Bhakti Vedanta, there's, there's so much place for feelings that the Vedanta gets obscured at times. And people wonder if it, is, if it, if it even is Vedanta. Um, how can you be uh, experiencing you know, the ups and downs of emotions that appear just like material emotions? Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself was criticized by the, by the Mayavadins in uh, Banares for being an, a babuka, an emotionalist, uh, which is a beautiful term invoked in the Bhagavatam, actually in the, in the third of the three introductory verses. The book is for babukas. <laughs> so we'll have a taste for rasa. So, um, you know, given that, then the, the feelings, I mean, we, we, we do honor the separation of gurus and in terms of their disappearance days and so forth, it's true, but, but it's not characteristic to do so for Bhagawan and the same would hold true for his consorts. Okay, Jai, Mother's Day, Jai. What else, okay. any other question? Um, yeah, there's definitely quite a few. Um, I'll kind of spread out throughout the chat. So um, Bhajan had a question um, and he says, Pranam Guru Maharaj, can you please explain the idea of the famous verse of Srila Bhakti Siddhanta, uh, Matala Hari Jan Vishai Range, Pujala Raga Patha, sorry, I'm like nervous today. Uh, Gaurava Bhange. Um, yes, I learned about this verse from Pujapad Sridhar who had it inscribed um, in, on the, in stone in the Chaitanya Saraswat Math. He thought that it very much characterized um, the approach of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsachitako to Rag Marg, which um, was uh, characteristically uh, a departure from how many Gaudias were um, um, were teaching about uh, the Ragmarg. It's uh, the verse itself is is a line from a, a, a larger uh, poem. The other verses of which uh, don't seem to have been preserved, so we don't know them. But according to Pujapat Sridharmaraj. This was a line in a poem composed by Bhakti Sastri Thakur that was sung by his disciples at the time of bringing the deity uh, to the Bhagbazar Math. Bhagbazar Math is the, the famous marble temple of Calcutta. Um, it wasn't customary for Gaudiya Vaishnavas to be in Calcutta. But rather in the Dham, in Navadweep or Jagannath Puri or Vrindavan. But he went to Calcutta to establish a temple there and do outreach, right? Uh, and um, fun funds were raised from local pious people, and it was an opulent temple. They, they threw um, opulence 
money at the building, right? And uh, and the arrangements for the service of the deity. And this was not that customary at the time. Um, indeed, uh, the brother, younger brother of Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasthi Thakur, uh, also a disciple of Bhakti Vinod, um, I can't remember his name at the moment, but uh, um, most of you know. Lalit Prasad Thakur. Lalit Prasad Thakur. He uh, complained that uh, Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthakur was had left the Rag Marg because he was building these big temples, which wasn't customary. Um, rather, an Harinam, um, uh, Bhajan, uh, temple, big temple worship was something more characteristic of, you know, the Vaidimarg Sampradayas. Uh, of course, that idea of his uh, doesn't seem to uh, take into consideration the fact that the, the founding acharyas of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, the Goswamis of Vrindavan, um, did arrange for, well, Radha Govinda Temple, uh, Radha Shamsunda, Radha Damodar, Radha Raman. These are big temples. Um, but, but at any rate, at that time, it, it wasn't so much uh, a custom. Um, but Bhakti Siddhartha was not tied to any particular time, and he had uh, a vision, really the vision of Bhakti Vinodakur that he wanted to give shape to, and um, that was to take Gaudiya Vaishnavism and put it on the stage along with the other world religions for comparison, uh, to bring to light the contribution of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So this uh, Bhagavazar temple is very uh, symbolic of, of all that I'm, I'm talking about. And it was called a marble temple because uh, it wasn't, it, it, it was, Gaudi people didn't have a lot of money. So to make a marble temple uh, was, was costly. Um, they collected from the people and threw the money at the, at, the, at, the, at, the, at the temple, if you will. And people, some people complained, biased people also, you know, why build a temple, uh, you know, spend all this money, you could be giving it to poor people who need food and so forth. God doesn't need a temple. Well, God doesn't need a temple, that's true, but you need a temple to see where God is and you should give your wealth to him. I said the other day, if you want to know how to chant attentively, just think of how you, how you, how you count your money, count your rounds in that way. You don't miss a beat there. You don't miss a, you know, a rupee. And you, and, and you, and you count afterwards. I still got that and how am I going to spend that? How much is left and so forth? So as you think about money, also think about the Krishna. How will you do that though? You have to give up your money. <laughs> you have to find, you have to see how worthless it is. It's meaningless. It's meaningless. It's made up, it's play, it's play money, it's counterfeit money. It cannot buy you that which you want, a place in eternity, real estate, a land beyond, beyond death. It, it doesn't have any power for that. Let me question the reality of Krishna Leela, whether it's imagination, but even our nation states are nothing more than human imagination. That's all they are, that we fight over. 
Hmm? Uh, and kill one another over. Uh, There's so much the reality, but they're just imaginary. Imaginary, hmm? imaginary constructs. And, uh, oh, you know, trees like the redwoods here that have been around for seven, six, seven hundred years, they can testify to that. Who owns what? <laughs> Everyone's a renter here. Everyone's passing through only. So, anyway, at any rate, Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthitaka wanted to emphasize this, this point, right? Give your wealth, throw it at the temple. Um, um, this was one of the lines, uh, verses in this song, as they carried the deity to, to, to the temple. And um, the idea behind that is that while the Rag Marg is not a path in which the object of love is uh, worshipped in awe and reverence, but rather in intimacy. The fact of the matter is that that idea itself is awesome and 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 worshipable and so um, high that. Um, we should venerate, if you will, the path of the Ragmar and the position of those who are actually participating in that. Krishna's Parshadas, his, his, his associates, that, are, that he himself is, is non-different from. That internal, full, fullest manifestation of this internal energy. Hmm? that bhakti is, is constituted of, that that may come, uh, that, that the generosity of the associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, of, of Krishna, that, 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 that's, that's, a, that's a welfare state there. Everything is taken care of, everything's provided. But that, that, that there, we might capture their uh, attention and get their grace. So Pujala Raga but the goal of Abhangi Motalaharijan Kirtanarange is one of the ways it's been uh, written. Motalaharijana Vishaya Range. So giving up uh, worldliness, Vishai, give all that worldliness to Bhagawan. Um, and and worship with reverence, if you will, bow to the Rag Marg itself. Mm-hmm. And then Pujalaraga uh, Gaurava Bhangi. Gaurava means here uh, reverence. Mm-hmm. Then by, by doing that and through giving up the, the worldliness and engaging it in the service of Bhagawan or Later, I think it was adjusted by some to make the same point in another way that by doing kirtan, nam kirtan, glorifying what is the Ragmar, Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasvati Thakur's 
discussions about the Braj Lila and Rag Marg were characterized by being uh, 80% in content about that which the Rag Marg is not, 20% about what it is and, 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 and uh, dis discussing it. Mm. So uh, to do kirtan, to preach, um, on the one hand, kirtan around the or to, to give this opulence, whatever we have, spend it on Bhagwan, if you will, and Radha and Krishna, uh, uh, in their service, then go to a bhangi, the that reverence for the Ragmar will be broken naturally because the associates of Bhagwan, his Sarup Shakti, will become very much inclined towards us by, by revering that, putting it in perspective, how high it is, rather than thinking that you can go there with your shoes on and cheapening it. It's not an easy thing to attain. The path is easy in terms of its application comparatively compared to, compared to Gyanmarg, Tapas, Yoga. These are very difficult paths uh, in all respects. Bhakti is comparatively easier, but its goal is comparatively also much, much higher. Mm -hmm. So, and it's and it's and it's it's easier to misunderstand it, also. And so, uh, he was very much concerned, and Bhakti Milkaka was too, about a cheapening of that ideal. Mm -hmm. And uh, and and so he uh, engaged his. His, his, his students in uh, widespread kirtan, opening temples, active uh, service where all of their energy was spent in, in such. And um, rather than, than prematurely, if you will, sitting and doing bhajan and trying to kind of, from his point of view, you know, force your way in, so to speak, rather than try to to put it another way, to see God, act in such a way as God would want to see you. So rather than try to force your way into the Rag Marg, act in such a way that the Rag Marg will open itself up to you, Gaurabhanga, and it will allow you in naturally and so forth. So that's uh, basically what, uh, what the verse is about. And I, I think it's a good verse. I think it's, it's, um, it's appropriate. And I've seen over half a century now, um, even you know, in my time, a number of persons leave the spirit of this verse in the name of entering into the Rag Marg and um, sitting and doing bhajan um, and not getting too far with that, <laughs> ending up in a university, uh, uh, criticizing Dodi Vaishnavism becoming a sahajiya in the true sense of the term, other things. Uh, some uh, cases, not so such an extreme 
adverse uh, reaction, but that 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 Braj Prem, that Rag Bhakti, um, nonetheless, was not man manifesting in their hearts at at any quicker rate. Uh, by trying to sit and do bhajan, um, like the Goswamis did, for example, who also built temples, wrote books, and were active uh, as well. Um, so I would, I would embrace that verse. I feel very confident about its, um, its, its emphasis and that approach to, to the Rod Marg. Again, we, we, we revere the Rod Marg itself. We, we have reverence for it, which is a Marg in which love for Krishna is beyond reverence for Krishna, where you take him as your friend, as your lover. I mean, it's just a mind-boggling idea. Theistically, we may become a little accustomed to having heard about it, and it seems, yeah, uh, it kind of, kind of becomes normalized, if you will, and, and the height of what it actually is, uh, is another thing. But if you try to talk about it to other people, you realize this is a pretty bewildering idea. Uh, if, you, if you try to share that with others, where do you even start? Um, it's very ex ex extreme, extraordinary contribution to the religious world. So when you're speaking about it like that, you, you, you can, I think it fosters the kind of regard for that ideal. Hmm? that uh, would be there in any genuine Ragmarg um, devotee. Um, and that again, in contrast to those who take it uh, cheaply, which is how Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsatapa used the word Sahaja. Obviously there's a group called Prakriti Sahajas and they have a certain Siddhanta and so on and so forth. The Bhakti Vinod and others considered them a deviant representation of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's tradition for good reason. And that's acknowledged um, universally amongst Gaudiya Vaishnavas and amongst academics who study the subject as well. But the broader sense of the term, Sahaj, uh, uh, as Bhakti Siddhanta starts to use it, was to, was to cheapen um, the ideal. He, he very much wanted to uh, protect his disciples from from that, and, and, and what, will, what will that do for the dissemination of the teaching in the world? Because if it becomes cheapened, I mean, an objective party can see, like we say one thing, but you're, you're talking about parakeet with Krishna, but you're doing parakeet with somebody else here on earth. Uh, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't match up. That kind of thing would uh, not only negatively impact your own progress, but it would have negative implications on the dissemination of this beautiful idea that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to give. So that, that, how will that please them? So these are some thoughts on that. I hope that helps Bhajan Das or Dasi, as may be the case. I haven't met you personally yet, but I hope to in the future. Does that help? I hope. I guess I would get it in the chat because they asked it through the chat. Okay. Um, there's one more question um, in Spanish. Do you, do you want to take another question? How are you feeling? Sure. Okay. 
Um, Shama okay. Sundar, do you see the question? Okay. Yes. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I would say that um, what you want to do in your spiritual practice is convert your enjoying ego into a serving ego. So the net result of hamkar is a, is that you've made up car a home a sense of i and that sense of i is arising in terms of details out of um, our senses contact with sense objects and our minds determining whether we like it or dislike it and so on and so forth uh, so from the basic hunkar identification with with matter um in, in terms of the details of that identification, a, a psychological ego also uh, arises and a full sense of worldly identity and so forth. But the basis of all that hmm, is, is the um, enjoying spirit. Hmm. The Bhaktisiddhanta uh, Sarasutthakur once described or defined humility as absence of the enjoying spirit. So we look at things, we taste things, we smell things, we hear things, uh, and so forth, uh, the world around us, if you will, and make determinations about them in our mind, whether they're good or bad, and so forth. But, but, but these things have no real bearing on what they are. <laughs> this is just a made up you know, thing <laughs> that, uh, you know, mis a misperception. Um, and, you do, we take the life out of the world. We say that Vrindavan, everything is alive. Everything is conscious. Mm -hmm. Well, in one sense, the spirit of that is, well, if you take out the enjoying spirit where you're exploiting things, separating them from their source mm -hmm. by seeing them as objects for your illusory sense of self mm -hmm. made up of senses and their enjoyment, if you disconnect those, the world from that perception, which disconnects them from their source and put them, in, excavate their connection with their source, then they come to life. Then they are what they are. Everything, belong, everything is, it belongs to God. It's for God's purpose. That's a fact. That's what's seen in Vrindavan. So you, by, by the exploited disposition of material identification, you make everything dead. <laughs> but when you pull out from that, everything's alive. So, every, every, 
Every tree is a kalpa riksha, every body of water is the jamuna. Um, and he was right. Um, <laughs> so um, that's the basic idea of the way we describe spiritual life in terms of Leela, everything's alive. Uh, we take the life out of it. And, <clears throat> excuse me, and by identifying with matter, well, we, you know, we experience a, uh, the, the potential that we won't exist, that we have to die and so forth. So, so to convert the, the exploitive disposition to the serving disposition, that's why it said that uh, calm is to serve the senses and prem is to serve the senses of Krishna, Krishnendriya Priti, Vancha. The desire to serve the senses of Krishna, that's prem and Kamendriya Priti, the desire or love of, of the senses from the point of view of our material identification, our mind's determination, whether this sensation is good or that's bad. Um, you know, th th this is this is common. The two are look, look similar, but there are like a difference between night and day in reality. So, uh, so sadhana bhakti is about fostering this service attitude and trying gradually you know, to see and you know the world as, as I'm describing it, and 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 make all of the contact of our senses as sense objects be such that it's for the pleasure of Krishna's senses rather than our own, even if it may be unpleasant for our senses. Or we may forgo something that's pleasing to our senses, but it's not pleasing to Krishna's senses. So this is how we can we convert the um, in Mayabad or in Advaita Vedanta or Gyan, let's say that's say the Gyan Marg, which is venerable, um, then uh, the idea is, is also to give up the enjoying spirit, right? Mm -hmm. But in Bhakti Marg, we give up the enjoying spirit by cultivating the serving spirit, which is the extreme opposite. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you could, you could dig a hole and bury all your bad qualities in it and cover it up um, and hope that they don't resurface. But if you build a temple on it and do kirtan, it's never going to come up again. So gyan is like that. You just dig a hole through everything in there, but you didn't build anything on top of it. So, because um, gyan, after all, is governed by satpagun. So you can't get a permanent situation out of that alone. Mix a little bhakti in, good. And if you think, well, if bhakti is, the, is, that, is, is that ingredient which makes it all work, why not do only bhakti? That makes sense. And what will be the result? So anyway, to convert the serving, the, the exploitative and enjoying spirit into a dedicated, dedicated and uh, serving disposition. Therefore, Atashi Krishna Namadi Nabaved Krayam Indrei Sevan Mukhe Jivad Ho If you want the Swarti, the hallucination, you know, the manifestation of Krishna, to see him. Well, you he will dance on your tongue when you serve him appropriately. Uh, by chanting, 
with the serving ego. So Tashri Krishna Namadi with material senses cannot experience Krishna. But with the serving attitude, beginning with chanting, again, you can convert that very easily. So the best defense is a good offense, they say. Yeah. So our offense is, is to serve Krishna. It brings about the defense against uh, that which material life constitutes, the attraction between the senses and, and the sense objects that foster, uh, which is your, your question is, our material identity. What is our material identity? If you want to refer to it as a hankar, what, what, what is our material identity? I like this, I don't like that. This tastes good, this tastes bad. Those are determinations that are made in the mind, kalpa, sankalpa, vikalpa, based on the impressions that we gather of the world through the senses. Those determinations should be rejected. And as a sharanagata, we should accept that a new standard of what is favorable and what is unfavorable, what is good and what is bad. And that is some called Pritikalpa, what is it? Anukul Pratikul. So, what is favorable for Krishna's service? That's good. What's not favorable? That's bad. We got a new good and bad now. Hmm? And if you apply yourself as a Sharanagata, like the false ego will just completely dissipate. Hmm? And, and you rise above the dualities of material existence very easily. So Sharanagati, when it's in place, then we're in a good position to do bhajan. Hmm? Bhajan is really done on the platform of Advaigyan Tattva. Hmm? And that will, will arise out of this transcending the dualities of material existence. Sharanagati is, is, the, is the way, it's a simple formula. Hmm? It's a little hard to apply ourselves. It's a, sometimes a bit of swollen pillars swallow but that's favorable for Krishna but my mind and senses say uh, it won't be so pleasing to me but die to live this Pujapanchita emerges to say it's very poetic but it's a bitter pill to swallow sometimes but mm, that's okay mm. material life looks good on the outside but it's actually uh, bitter because happiness in material life is just the beginning of, of, the, of the suffering that it leads to. So, so those are some concluding thoughts for today and my answer to, to uh, the last question. Thank you for all your questions and your time. We'll be together again on the weekend on Saturday for the Shingachaturasi and the following Sunday. Thank you. Gurudev. Um, so just some quick little uh, announcements. Um, so as Gurudev said, next, I'm pretty sure, yeah, next Saturday is Nishrina Chaturdasi. So he's going to be giving a class. Um, let me get all my Shri Sangha stuff up. Here we go. Let's see. Come on. Okay, so yeah, he's gonna be giving a class um, at the same time, but on Saturday. 
So in six days at 11.30 Eastern Standard Time or Eastern Daylight Savings Time. Um, and you can figure out what that looks like for you time-wise. And then, yeah, there are less classes. Um, so on Tuesdays, Ashra Maharaj is giving classes, uh, Bhagavad Gita, chapter five, acting with detachment. And on Thursday, Shamananda is giving class, Gaudiya Vaishnavism in numbers. Um, and then on Friday, Indranuja is giving class, um, transitions on the journey of the devotee. And then uh, Archana wanted me to make the comment that, um, yeah, we've gotten a lot of, there's just been a lot of donations to the whole Zoom thing. Um, and just, we're both feeling really, really grateful for that. And everyone's feeling grateful for that because this is like a huge service in the Sangha. Um, so just thank you for that. That's really, really kind and beneficial to all of us. Um, yeah, I'm just really grateful. Um, yeah, we're all grateful. So yeah, uh, I think that's all. And I will see you all virtually. Is that... Um, yeah. Any, are you going to say something, Sajjan? Uh, I saw you unmuted. Yeah, I was just wondering, because there is the Nishringa Chaturdasi class on Saturday. Is there going to be? Is there going to be a gathering on Sunday as well? Yeah, I'll send him an email and ask. Um, he, 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 said, he said he was going to give, he said, I'll see you next Saturday and Sunday. When he was and Sunday, okay. Maybe we should off, still yeah. clarify. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, he... Right now, he's planning on doing both things. Yeah. So okay. Okay. Check the yeah. Everybody should check the email that Nanda Kumar sends out on Friday or Saturday. Okay. Or, cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Um. And th I think yeah, that's thank all. Yeah. Thanks to everybody. So there is a gathering people. next Sunday as well. Yes or no? Um, I think so. But yeah, just be aware. Just be looking at your email just to make sure when that comes up. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. You. Okay. Well, um, I will see all y'all and hear y'all virtually <laughs> soon. Okay. Oh, there you go. Those are virtual gatherings. Those are virtual gatherings, right? We can't yes. actually go to the ashram. Bummer. No. Yeah. I think they're just virtual. Open up the ashram. Yeah, they should open up the ashram. This is. You know, hopefully we can get that happening soon so we can all meet in person. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, we could check in with that. I think, I think Adari is a little bit like closed off right now. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm on the other side of the country, so I don't necessarily know. You can, you can ask and check into that. Um, yeah. Okay.